Welcome back. Here we go. Two hours today with you on Sports Talk. Good to have you back here on the program on a Thursday afternoon. It is a beautiful Thursday in El Paso. Oh, my goodness gracious. It is so nice outside. So nice. Man, it is going to be humid in Austin this weekend. Oh, my God. 89 degrees on Saturday. Yours truly will be out playing baseball in Austin. Sweating his you-know-what off. I'm excited, though, Adrian. It's going to be fun. Picked up a... um, Picked up like a uh, an undershirt today out of Dick's so that way I can, um, you know, not get completely destroyed uh, over the course of a, a three-hour ball game that probably will drain me. Um, the key will be enough beer to drink to hopefully uh, stay hydrated. That is the, uh, that is the key. Uh, by the way, most people are like, you don't stay hydrated in the sun with beer. Uh, this group does. <laughs> this group definitely does. Uh, it's going to be fun. So nice. you'll, have the, you'll have the show tomorrow. We're going to be going live from the spring game tomorrow, which is going to be cool. Well, not actually the spring game itself, but the pre-spring game edition of Sports Talk tomorrow. Correct, Steve. Uh, gates open tomorrow at the Sun Bowl at 5 o'clock. We'll be there from 4 to 6, getting everybody ready for the UTEP Football Spring Showcase. We'll have guests like Dana Dimmel join us on the show. Uh, ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado tomorrow. So busy day of Sports Talk tomorrow. And Steve, I was in Austin last week. I experienced the heat. It was definitely not as hot as it's going to be this weekend. So I feel for you because Austin, the worst part about it, man, the humidity. You get that heat, you get that sun on you, and then that humidity just uh, uh, leaves you sweating nonstop when you're outdoors. I went to college there for four years. I know what it was like, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy I came back to El Paso because I just remember being a freshman and, and going outside, and after like 30 seconds, I felt like I took a second shower, and that was the way every day was. And I got used to it. Didn't mean it was any better. All I know is this. I loved, like, November, December, January, and February in Austin. Uh, those four months were great. Everything else, uh, you can have it. So that's, you know, that's just it. Anyway, so uh, we're getting news, by the way. UTEP's going to commit. they got to commit right now. How about that? How about that? Most definitely. They're going in the Cleveland, Ohio route, Steve, and uh, getting their first high school commit for this class. Jamal Sumlin is his name. And just looking at his Twitter handle, it looks like, um, you know, this might be a guy that Earl Boykins was on. So um, Jamal Sumlin made his commitment to UTEP uh, an hour ago. And apparently Sumlin is a uh, 6'2 guard. Adrian. So there you go. Look, UTEP's going to need so many guys, so many guys to fill out that roster. And uh, they're going to give one of them right now to a, a high school player. There you go. Yeah, that's right, Steve. Hey, with six foot two, a point guard right there. We don't know a lot about this guy. He's a two-star prospect out of Rhodes High School in Cleveland, Ohio, like you mentioned. Uh, and one of the big things with him is I'm trying to look at two four seven sports, trying to look at rivals, not listed in either of those places, which isn't uh, they, you know that isn't uncommon for guys who are coming from the Midwest. You just want to see like the stats that they average, or at least some hey. highlights, so you can know what they what they bring to the table. Nobody knew anything about Tim Hardaway. So, and that turned out okay. Sure, that really fair did. enough. I'm with you on that. So, all I can tell you is this. Um, you know what? I, I I look at a guy like Earl Boykins, played in the NBA, um, knows talent when he sees it, and if this is a guy that Earl Boykins is on, I'm good with that. 
And that's, I, I believe, just looking at the Twitter handle that Jamal has, he's followed by Earl Boinkins, retweeted by Boinkins. I'm thinking, you know what? That's all right. If Earl, if Earl likes him, I'm good with that. That'll be good. Maybe, and, and I'll tell you something else. UTIP needs diamonds in the rough. They do. They need to find guys that maybe they can see talent that are under the radar. Um, it's so hard to do that now because of social media and all these recruiting websites. It is so difficult, but I'm for it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this, if you bring him in here, the kid can play. Hey, I'm, I'm, that's, that's, that's a bonus, right? I mean, look what we saw. Cam Clardy played as a walk-on. We saw that last year. One thing about Joe. He'll give anybody a chance to play. If you think if he thinks you can if he thinks you can ball, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, how many stars you have, what what other schools are known about you. He's going to give you the opportunity to try to shine. So, out of the state of Ohio, Jamal Sumlin was second team All Ohio, averaging twenty three and a half points as a senior. Uh, they list him at six foot three, so you got a little. Uh, he's got some size right there, Steve. And you know, if he put, puts up over twenty points a game in the state of Ohio for prep hoops, I mean, you're getting a score right there. You're getting some guy who's going to bring some offense for you. Apparently, not only is he All State basketball, but he's All State football. Wow. That tells nice. you that tells you something. Versatile. That, tough. Knows what it takes. I like that. Yeah, and, I, really, I love those high school football uh, players who also play basketball, and they kind of decide basketball in the end. It's like Anthony Edwards, ton of athleticism, and, and he brings the tenacity. Exactly. Exactly. So, look, this now that he's been here for a year, I think Joe Golding knows what he wants and what he needs. I, I really believe that he's he's got his blueprint, and now he just has to go find guys that can do that. I also don't expect a lot of high school guys to be signed. I think they're going to go mostly Portal and Juca like they already have. But, hey, you got to bring a couple of young ones in that can obviously learn from the vets and, and get more and more battle-tested so that by the time they are ready to go, they'll, be, uh, you know, they'll have an opportunity to play and make some, uh, and, and make some headway. Yeah, I'm still looking at UTEP as tr- as a team and a program that needs to recruit at all three levels: high school, junior college, and Division One. And with those Division One guys, that's your immediate help. That's the Alfred Hollins graduate transfer who you can plug and play right away, and who can uh, who's had that experience. The junior college mm-hmm. guys, as we've seen before, they need a little development. Uh, but once they're in the system, let's see what they could do here at UTEP. And then for the high school guys, those are guys you're going to hope to to keep as long as you can with this program. And- Exactly. See how they could develop with this team. 100%. 100%. As we get started here on the program. Good way to go. Good way to begin things. Kick it off here with a little UTEP news. Some people were wondering, are the Miners going to sign anybody? Well, there's your answer. They just did. Jamal Sumlin. That's right. And hey, they they signed Derek Hamilton about a month ago as well That's out of right. the junior college ranks. Uh, all you know, they already have the letter of intent from Jonathan Dosanjos who's coming into the mix. So you at least have three recruits solidified uh, for the 2022 st- uh, start of the season. 100%. And what about Shea Evans? There you go. That's another one. You can roll over right there. That's what I thought. So they've they've got some they've, they're going to get some options and then obviously you have the guys that are coming back and then we'll probably know more about Keontae Kennedy in the next week or so. That's it. He's taking. I think he's probably you know analyzing the situation, seeing what's out there, and then he'll decide if he's going to stay or go. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, either way, whether whether uh, Keontae stays or leaves, I think it's kind of a win-win situation because, like, look, if he leaves, uh, you, you could say, oh, it's the mass exodus, but it's already been a mass exodus. You've already lost uh, nine players to either the transfer portal or going pro, and uh, if Keontae Kennedy stays, well, yeah, you build around him, you kind of make him the face of your team to start things off for the year, and you try to build him as a conference USA all-conference USA caliber guard, uh, you know, across this league. But you know, I think you kind of win. It's a win-win situation. You don't really lose either way. I'll tell you something else. Um, you know, with all these minors that are looking to go play in a pro and maybe in the G League, I mean, that could be the enemy. That could be boom. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll see if Sule transfers or goes pro and, and same with Titus. I mean, it's possible they play as a graduate, but everybody's got the dream of playing, you know, in the NBA. Uh, you see what Trevelin Queen, uh, Queen did today? Named the G League most valuable player. Two years ago, he's at New Mexico State. This year, he's uh, he gets a cup of coffee with the Rockets, 10 games with Houston, and then he goes down to the Rio Grande Valley and uh, destroys that league, and now he's the MVP of the NBA G League, which goes to show you, if you can play well at New Mexico State and become the MVP of the G League, hey, a lot of minor fans, they, they've seen it. Boom played against Queen, so did Biennemi, so did Titus, and they're seeing this. I mean, this is it. This is this is proof in the pudding that they realize that they could have that same kind of impact. Yeah, and traveling Queen is somebody who's been around and stuck around for a while. That's the other thing is that you, you want to get a chance in the G League, but it's also about staying in the G League right there. And I think traveling Queen has done a great job of that. Now, staying for the back-to-back seasons and making a case as to why he should be on an NBA roster. Now, I'm, I'm curious to see him make that jump. You know, most of the league MVPs out of the G League, they usually make that jump in the following year. So I'm curious to, you know, monitor traveling Queen to see what, what happens with this guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, good start to the show. Um, 880-5763, that is our telephone number as we continue on the show. But it's not the new number. The new number is 915-505-6009. There we go, Adrian. I caught myself. Um, I don't know. It's, it sounds so natural these days. It has to. I'm going to probably have at least one or two screw-ups every show, just to guarantee. 915-505-6009 is the number. 915-505-6009. Has somebody taken over our, our old 880 number yet? Do we know? I don't know. We should just dial it and see if that uh, if somebody answers or something like that. I'm so. Aren't you so curious about that, to, re- to be yeah. honest? It just keeps ringing, or if somebody actually took our number yet? Well, I would hate that. Like, if I actually got that number right there, Steve, I would absolutely hate that because people would call me at, you know, f- 4 o'clock between 4 o'clock and 7 every day. I really want to know who has our old number. I am so interested. Fascinated almost. Me too. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Nothing's happening. Oh, it's ringing. Maybe they gave it to somebody already. I would love to know who has our old request number. I want to know who answers I think every this. week we're going to call this number until somebody picks it up. Yes, and I'm in that. I'm because with that. aren't you waiting for the recording that says that this number has been disconnected or no longer in service? Yes, I can't, I'm waiting for that one. So they've obviously uh, either not truly disconnected it yet, or they, they just haven't given it out to somebody because our old number just keeps ringing. We don't have it. We've got the 505-6009 number. Somebody's got the 880 number. Maybe not. I don't know. No voicemail. Nobody's picking up. All right. So great. So the number still works. It's just not ours. That's hilarious. But what a reality that is. As we kick it off here on the program, 915-505-6009, our telephone number to get right on in. 
and through to Sports Talk as uh, we get going here. Let's uh, get to the phones right now, and uh, let's go to Tommy. He's uh, kicking us off on this uh, Thursday edition of the program. Tommy, what's going on? How are you, man? We know your phone number works. Well, there you go. Well, the new number, right? Not the old number, the new number. No, I used the new number. Yeah, you used the 505-6009, and you got right in, right? Uh, yes, sir. It is kind of strange, though, 915-505. I know. Sounds like, a, sounds like a joke. Sounds like an <laughs> Albuquerque number, right? It sounds like we took the Albuquerque yeah, yeah, uh, We took the Albuquerque <laughs> area code and the uh, El Paso area code here. Really a big whack, old whack joke. Yeah. I was just curious if you've heard anything new about any portal things with the Aggies. I've heard that the new coach is bringing in three of his players from his school. So Say that again? That I said I heard the new coach for the Aggies is bringing three of the players he had last year at his J.C. school. Oh, good. They won the J.C. National Championship. you got to be thrilled with that. Yeah, because we lost everybody almost like you guys did. There you go. That's right. That's right. Oh. All right, I just wanted to call and check your number and then give you a call about that. Hey, appreciate that. Thanks for giving us the ring. And um, all I can tell you is, hey, um, we're good to go. It'll be fun and uh, excited, Tommy. We'll keep in touch and talk a little uh, NMSU sports with us, okay? You got it. Take care. All right, Tommy. Later, man. Quarter past as we continue here on Sports Talk. Oh, we got two calls ready to go at 505-6009. Yes! All right, Kurt. And uh, Luis, hang tight. We'll get you next right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. Two lines ready to get uh, on the phones with us. 505-6009 is the number to get into Sports Talk. That number again, Adrian, is... 505-600 and a hanging nine. Say it loud, say it proud. One more time. 915 if you uh, need the area code. 505-600 and the number nine. Do we need to dial area codes on cell phones, or can cell phones still dial without uh, I think the cell phones code? can go without area codes, uh, yeah. That's what I thought, too. Good. Good, good, good. Let's get to some phones. Let's go to Kurt. He's next on the program. Kurt, what's going on, man? How are you? How you doing, Steve? Good. Kurt, what's up? Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about the basketball. Uh, I think it's going to be a good thing to get, get some new blood in here and get the, some JC transfers or the transfer portal. And uh, these 10 guys that are have transferred out. I think two of them will probably maybe miss the scoring. It was the enemy and boom. Uh, besides that, the rest of them, I don't, you know, they can, I wish them well, but I think it's time we can get his own guys in here and uh, we start out got to a fresh start. There you go. I think that's coming. Remember, um, you know, Sibley was his. He's staying. Um, okay. Also, you look at Kalou. He was his. He's staying. And then you have Z, who really never played the year before and now showed you enough to realize you could dream on that potential. So he's got some holdovers. He's going to have new players coming in. And, uh, and, and again, the minors, uh, the minors will be fine. I think people are all freaking out because the whole team was in the portal and uh, they wondered what's going to happen. Um, I don't think this is, this is a surprise. I don't think Joe Golding and the coaching staff were caught off guard by this. I think they've known this was coming for a while. And now they're just preparing to reload and, and replenish. They know what they need to do in order to win. They're trust me. They've been here for a year now, not a month or a week. They'll be just fine. I, I agree. I agree. Newton, just just get him in here, and uh, I know he's out recruiting right now. And uh, let's see what he he brings in, and uh, let's get the fresh start with just use that basketball and uh, of our big these bigs that you talked about right now. They stay, and uh, we can uh, add, add to it. 
There you go. I like that. And yeah. I like this kid from Cleveland. I think he's a guy that uh, – I like the dual plays. I like football and basketball. Somebody that's you know plays the guard spot. You know he's tough. You know he's hard-nosed. Comes from Cleveland uh, and, and had some good accolades playing all state in football, all state in basketball. I mean, that's the guy. And, and you know what? The fact that he's not highly recruited, good. Get him under the radar. I'm fine with that because sometimes – uh, you don't need to be in recruiting battles with high school players. Grab a guy that, you know what, Earl Boyk has played in the NBA for over a decade. That guy's got an eye for talent, and if he uh, was able to get a tip on something because he, he was uh, living in Cleveland for a long time and that's his background and he saw a guy that he liked, uh, I'm excited for the Miners. Correct. I agree. All right, Steve, take care, take care man. All right, you too. Thanks, Kurt. We'll see you. 505-6009 is our telephone number, 505-6009, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Let's get right back to it. Time to say shalom to this man, Luis, joining us next from the east side of town. Hey, Luis. My man, who loves you, brother? You do, <laughs> man, you do. You know, patience is a virtue. Yep. I knew that I would get a hold of the number, the new number, and it came. It Good. came, and and I'm very, very happy to rejoin your your show. You know, I've been a faithful listener since, uh, golly, what about twenty years since uh, the Strells was was on. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm one of the oldest of your fellow listener, loyal listeners. Listen, I'll get to the point. Okay, the NFL draft. Well, first of all, I'm very excited about the Chihuahuas, okay? That's great for the Chihuahuas. I wish them the best. But tell me, man, okay, the NFL draft. I'm looking at Charles Cross for the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. left tackle for Mississippi State. Okay. I want your opinion, and also Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia. David Ojabo. Michigan pass uh, rusher, Ohio State wide receiver Chris Chris Olave, Georgia linebacker Nakobe Dean, and Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. Now hang on, I, hang on. Oh, you're, you're, you are all over. You're all over the board right now. I mean, you've essentially picked every position available. So uh, let's prioritize for a minute. What if you had to pick one position? that you want the Cowboys to have more than any position, what is it? Offensive lineman. Offensive tackle. All right. Offensive lineman. So, and by the way, if you get Trey Burks at 24, you should be thrilled because that guy is a stud, all right? An absolute stud. Um, Tackles, see, that's interesting because I don't know what kind of tackles will be available late in the first round like that. There's not really, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Smith is a second-round projected uh, offensive tackle from Tulsa, so he might be gone. Um, he might still be around, but you, that's a, that would be a real stretch, and you don't want to reach that high for him. And then the other problem is, is any of the other tackles on the board, like the uh, – Trevor uh, Penning from Northern Iowa, he could be drafted 10 spots earlier. So the Cowboys' offensive tackle could be a tough position for him on this draft. Trey Burks, where is he? What uh, college? Oh, he's at Arkansas, man. He's a, he's, uh, Trey Burks is a stud. I love, okay. I love Trey Burks. 
I think he could. The Cowboys, if they listen, I, I know it's another wide receiver, and the Cowboys get him all the time. That guy is a is a playmaking machine, Adrian. Steve, I'm a huge fan of Trey Burks. We didn't get to see a lot of him this year. Uh, also, you didn't have the best offense uh, to, to work with, but this guy's a monster. He kind of reminds me of DK Metcalf, uh, A.J. Brown, a very physical type of receiver who's going to get the ball like that. Uh, and the Cowboys don't really have that. They they wanted Amari to be that kind of guy, and he never was. And you have your finesse yep. athletic receiver in C.D. Lamb, but now if you get somebody like Burke, then you get somebody who is uh, really, really physical and is probably bigger than a lot of the defensive players he'll go up against. 6'2", 225 for Trey Burks. Do you get my emails? All, uh, uh, let me tell you, if I don't get your emails, you're going to hear from me. But, yeah, I get them. I get them all the time. <laughs> okay, the best to you. And, you know, love. we love you, man. Say, say hi with Jesus. No, 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 you're Jewish. Shalom, my brother. That is the greatest ending to a phone call in the history of sports talk. Say hi to Jesus. No, you're Jewish. Shalom, my brother. I need that on tape so I can use that in a voicemail answering machine message from now on. Good job, Luis. Appreciate the phone call as we continue here on Sports Talk. 915-505-6009. Truthfully, I've never been asked on Sports Talk in 25 years of hosting to say hi to Jesus on the out of a phone call before. So I appreciate Luis throwing that out me and uh, then uh, saying, well, wait a minute. No, that's the wrong religion, but that, that's okay. Uh, shalom. That's, that's good. That what is, a mic drop, Steve. That is the greatest ending to a call in the history of sports talk. And we've had great ones. I've had people laughing all the way to when they hang up. I've had people screaming and yelling because they're so mad. But that I've never had before. No one has ever asked me to say hi to Jesus on the way out and then realized he was talking to somebody who's Jewish. That's that's good. Nicely done, Luis. Shalom to you, my friend. And Passover is right around the corner, a week from tomorrow, first night of Passover, on Good Friday. How about that? And we all know the Last Supper was a... The Last Supper? Uh, what, what are you talking about? What was the Last Supper? Like with Jesus? Yes. Yeah, there you go. What was it? Like the right before he got crucified? Are you right. Talking what me was it? What were they at? Where? Why were they at the Last Supper? What was that table? What What are you trying to get at? I'm it not... was a Passover Seder. Oh, okay. okay the Last Supper you. was a Passover Seder. You're asking a Catholic over here. You should still know that one. <laughs> I know I should. There are so many uh, parallels and similarities between the two, especially that time. Listen, he was still around then. That was before everything else started. So, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I've got news for you. Yeah, I, I don't, no, I'm not turning this into uh, any religious talk. We can't do that. Can't do that on sports talk. Luis uh, did that. And he took he took care of business. Thank you, Luis. All right, bottom of the. I uh, see. I was hoping you were gonna you were gonna go with me on that one when I said it's. Ah, uh, uh, no, no way. No, couldn't have got that. Have one. Have you ever been to a Passover Seder? No. All right. I've heard it's like the best thing ever. One of my friends hosts one every year, and he 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 sometimes invites me here and there, and he tells me it's like the most fun that they have. It's a good time. It is definitely a good time. We'll get you to one soon. I promise. This cool. year, it's already sold out at the Kaplowitz house, but we will we will have you. Uh, we will we will work on having you at one next year. How's that? Okay, sounds good to me. I'll, I'll put that on the list. All right, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. You know what I'm really looking forward to more than anything right now? Sports Center. Sports Center. It's there we next. Go. Here he is, Adrian Broaddus with the latest. Thank you very much, Adrian. Appreciate that, and you were right. We were right on the same, uh, you know, same wavelength there. You knew what Sports Center was coming yeah, up next. You I knew exactly you where I was going there. Yes, most definitely. All right. Hey, uh, by the way, 
Should we be uh, pretty grateful right now to uh, Joe Golding and UTEP basketball? Because think about this. They're giving us something to talk about after the season is over. Maybe they're doing us a favor. You know, normally the season ends, the season's over. You're done. Now we have at least days, weeks, or months of material still coming thanks to this uh, transfer portal stuff. So thank you, UTEP. You've made it easy for us on this show. And since we only have two hours today, we thought we'd do that at 915-505-6009, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on the program. So, once again, if you want to talk um, about you know the situation with UTEP, we'd love to. You want to talk... Major League Baseball opening day. Tyler O'Neill, whoa, already going yard today for the Cards. He was hitting bombs last year, and now he's bombing away this year. Uh, already in uh, the first game uh, against Milwaukee. And Corbin Burns was one of the best pitchers in the game uh, a year ago, but uh, so far getting roughed up by uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's been a-, a good story to keep an eye on. So baseball's back. Chihuahuas are 2-0. and that's a great sign. Their first home game is going to be next Tuesday. We've got a lot going on, Adrian. A lot happening right now. The garage sale tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. I'm loving it. Steve, with the Cardinals real quick, it's interesting because they've got a lot of old uh, old faces on this team. I mean, I know Adam Wainwright was on last year's roster. He op- he's on opening day, allowed five hits so far for the Cardinals. But you get to bring back pool holes. It's kind of like this, like, uh, you know, last dance tour for some of the old Cardinals uh, coming back to the team here in 2022. It's hard to believe that they've uh, ha- sustained all this success in baseball up to this point, and now they're getting a chance to do it for a team they love. Now they're up 5 nothing at the bottom of the sixth. Man. And hey, by the way, I screwed up. I said that they were knocking around uh, Corbin Burns. The Cubs knocked around Corbin Burns today. The uh, Cardinals are knocking around the Pirates, which, by the way, could be a um, a revolving door of teams knocking around the Pirates because that team just doesn't. When you're when you're starting JT Brubaker as your opening day starter, that should uh, speak volumes. And unfortunately, this could be a very very long season. For the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, and the Pirates have had chances today. I mean, they've, they've had hits. Uh, the Cardinals have had their share of uh, errors in this game, a pair of errors in this one. And, uh, you, you know, you look at the Pirates, they've had they've had errors on their side too. So it's just a struggle today for Pittsburgh and probably going to be the, that way all year long. How about Wayno throwing six shutout innings? Isn't he 40? Yeah, man, this guy's old, and I love it. I love the fact that he's playing here for the Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, and six innings pitched, uh, what a great start for him. How about this? He's 40, and he is not the oldest player on the Cardinals' starting lineup today. Pool holes? 42. Wow, there it is. You got two guys over 40, both uh, playing in the lineup today for the Cards. Hey, maybe they can cook up some magic and bring back what was it, 2006 magic over here to 2020 or 2022. You want to just try to see if we can turn the clock back 15 years and see yeah. if we can have some have some fun. Right. That's that seems a little unrealistic right there, but why not? Let's just have some a tad, fun. Just a tad. All right, eight eight. Nope, not 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 going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. You know what I want to do? I want to push Twitter. Twitter is big. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That is 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. That handle's not changing. We're not going to throw a uh, at 6009 handle anytime soon. So don't worry. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Um, and that is important. So Ant Flo, the number 22, tweets the show. What are the chances the Newton brothers come home? Um, 
I would say after talking to people in the last couple of days, slim to none. There's a better chance the Newton brother comes home, meaning Jawan, that I could see. Tristan, I don't have I just don't see Tristan Newton coming back to UTEP right now. I think that simply put, too many high majors are after him. I don't think playing with Jawan is a um, priority for him after uh, what you know the kind of attention he's seen, and he's got so many schools right now looking. I think that do we have it? There's a shot though. Jawan comes back for the minors, and he could really help as a grad senior uh, guard. I think putting him into that rotation would be terrific. I just don't expect. I was hoping. I was you know, hoping about Tristan Newton, but the more you started to hear about some of the bigger schools that are coming after him and really trying to you know woo Tristan, you say to yourself, man, I I just don't think that um, El Paso and UTEP is going to happen this time around. So I would just tell Aunt Flo and some of the other minor fans, um, don't expect it. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath when it comes to Tristan Newton. Yeah, and I also think that you, I even referenced Sam Vecini, who we've had on this show, talks uh, NBA prospects on, for The Athletic. He ranked Tristan Newton as the number 7 transfer right now in the portal among college basketball players, saying that Tristan Newton, a six foot five guard who was an all-American all, uh, Athletic Conference player last year, uh, he could be uh, somebody who gets uh, you know to the NBA at some point. He has a polished offensive game, needs to improve a little bit defensively, but if he goes to a program like a Gonzaga, like a Michigan, those schools who have already shown him yeah. interest and who are you know tough, tough opponents. Maybe Tristan Newton can continue to build on his and, and boost his stock to try to get drafted eventually. And and when you're dealing with schools like that, it's hard to say no. As much as tempting as it probably would be to come back to uh, El Paso and play with him at UTEP, I think he realizes the big picture. If he wants to uh, prepare himself for the NBA and go up against big names on a nightly basis, like we saw Bryson in the Big 12, uh, you got to go high major, especially if you've got schools lining up to get you. And now uh, you wonder how many of those schools are not only are interested in them, but could be flashing NIL dollars too. That is So to me, that's the most interesting part of the transfer game from the high major standpoint. Every high major in college basketball, I'm sure now, has already developed a lucrative NIL um, system that could ultimately woo players just as easily as the schools can. It's so crazy because this is the first offseason with college basketball that we're getting a chance to see NIL really take effect. Because yeah. last year they had to say, oh, well, come here in the future once the NIL passes and NCAA allows us to do this. Yeah, we'll pay you to join our team. But now they have an opportunity. Well, and this is the ugly side of recruiting, right? Because if you're a coach out there and you're uh, irresponsibly going out and, and saying that you're going to get an NIL deal if you come to this school – uh, yeah, I mean, how that, that must be very difficult if you're a prospect to pass that up right there. I think so. I would have, I'd have a tough time if I'm a you know 19, 20, 21 year old, and you've got dollars being thrown at you in addition to going to play in a, you know as a getting a chance to, to play in a major conference with national television and all of the stuff, and now you're getting paid on top of that. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Big that, dollars, that really Steve. It's not like, hey, here's a here's a hundred bucks, here's two hundred bucks. We're talking about thou- tens of thousands and sometimes even six figures for some of these transfers. Juwan Newton, though, I think is a different story, don't you? 
do. I do because Evansville wasn't a winning team. They they won just I, I believe it was like around six to nine games last year. They were unsuccessful by all means. So if Jawan Newton wanted to have a chance to play right away for another mid major, maybe UTEP is a is a good opportunity for him right there. So I do agree that that would be more realistic for the miners. Five oh five six zero zero nine our telephone number if you want to get into the program today. Five oh five six zero zero nine. We'll take a break. Twenty in front of five. Taking you up till 6 o'clock. And, Adrian, we've got a busy 5 o'clock hour, don't we? We're going to talk to the Flores brothers here in 20 minutes who will be out there at the UTEP spring game tomorrow. Both of these brothers with an opportunity to play significant, significant minutes on the UTEP football team next season. Oh, I can't wait for this conversation. Got a chance. This is the rare one for me. See, I got a chance to cover both these brothers at the high school level at Isleta. And now I get a chance to cover them here at UTEP football. Great and guys. And uh, they're real, real uh, smart. Like they, they do a lot when it comes to the classroom as well. So I can't wait to bring these guys on. So that's coming up here at the top of our 5 o'clock hour. And then we got Tim Haggerty uh, standing by at the Dell Diamond. More in a moment right here. It is 600 ESPN El Paso. 009 gets you through to the show, 505-6009 on our telephone lines. Steve on Wrestle with the best tweet of the show so far. Many people know Passover commemorates the Hebrew exodus from Egypt, but for most sports fans, it's what the Bears, Jets, Browns, and six other teams did to Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 NFL draft. That's a great one, man. That is a great, great reply or, or Twitter uh, or uh, sent off tweet by Stephen Ressler. Does it surprise you that guy always has great ones? Yeah, man, he always does. Mitch Trubisky taking second overall. Uh, it took a little while for Patrick Mahomes to be selected by the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. Absolutely, absolutely. Forty nine past the hour as we continue here on the show. Uh, looking forward to the Flores brothers coming in. Any uh, recommendations of where to go eat tomorrow when I get to uh, Austin? I went to this okay okay so I I'm trying to remember just off the top of the head um what it was called so I went what to kind Fran- of food? a barbecue okay so Did you go to Franklin's I, I passed right by Franklin's almost How bad every was day the line? every it was bad every single day yeah so. I, I did that once I waited two or three hours on a Wednesday lunch and I was like okay I had it I thought it was good but I, I'm not gonna uh, waiting in line like that is just a disaster plus I, I know it's not like cutting edge barbecue but I grew up 30 years ago going to college in Austin when the Salt Lake was the thing and I still like driving out to Driftwood and eating that brisket over there so that's that's kind of a I know it's not what some of the other places are now, but that just reminds me of uh, a different time when Austin wasn't what it was today and um, when you could just bring a keg of beer, tap it over at your table, and, and, and have a good time. When's the last time you've been to Austin, Steve? A couple of years ago. Yeah, it's changed so much. I mean, like, I felt it was so much different. I mean, I've only, I haven't been back. Uh, this was my first time back in four years, but I felt like it had changed uh, re- like a lot. And one of the places I would recommend, it's not for lunch or dinner, it's for breakfast it's called trash talk Mm. and it's a really good coffee and breakfast type of place yes it has they they have long lines too but maybe you get there at the right time and you can do it yeah it's very worth it uh chad middleton told me i have to go to plucker's wing bar that was the one he oh yeah the wings of course yeah all right thank you chad appreciate that i mean i'm not so it's funny like on my list of things to eat wings it's weird like I don't mind wings, but I've never gone places like craving wings. 
I understand that. Like, my son is. He, like, all of a sudden is into wings now. He's like, come on, Dad, let's go to a wing place. Tonight, uh, I think I'm probably going to take him to a wing house. But um, i just never been like that. Like, for me, it's always barbecue, seafood, Italian. Um, I've heard great things about um, Jew Boy Burgers because uh, Mo Piddle, who you, Morris Piddle, who used to uh, grew up in El Paso, opened this food cart up in his uh, in in Austin. Now he's got a restaurant. He's doing great, killing it out there. El Pasoan, a couple of years older than me, and been told it's a great burger place. You got to stop in for that. So that's on the list of places to go. Problem is, I get in tomorrow at around five. Foss is picking me up at the airport. And then, um, you know, I leave Sunday morning, and I'm playing baseball at 3 o'clock on Saturday. So not a ton of time to go really check things out, which is why I need, like, one spot, one place to hit, and hopefully it's it's a big win. Okay, Steve, here's the big win. I, I couldn't remember the name of this place, and I, I got it right now. Pizza Restaurant, best place we went to over the weekend, Via 313. And uh, I would highly recommend that place, Detroit-style pizza. Interesting. Okay, so Detroit-style pizza, similar to Chicago, little different, but if you like Detroit-style, you'll like the 313. Yes, and you can order it online, just get it delivered to your hotel, Is that, what that you kind did? of thing. No, we went in and actually ate, but everybody was getting to-go orders over there, and uh, Uber Eats orders, DoorDash orders, those kinds of things. How bad was the line? Pretty good or not bad? Yeah, the bad was line, but uh, but we had reservations, so we oh, were does, set. He, oh, so yes. that's, that's the key, make reservations before you pop in. Yeah, most definitely. It was a great, great pizza, though. All right, that sounds good. That sounds very good. Um, I'm telling you, I don't. The places I used to eat are either gone or people are like, eh. They don't. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same impact because there's so many new places to go. That's. It's like El Paso. Think about it. We got so many restaurants in El Paso right now. You got your old favorites, but everybody's like, yeah, try this place. Got to try that place. This is amazing. That's amazing. Food changes nowadays. You know, when we were growing up here in the '80s, right? mid-80s, early to mid-80s, we would drive to the east side for dinner a lot. If, we, if there was a restaurant we liked, we'd go to the east side. Now, you don't leave like your one to two mile bubble by your house because there's a thousand restaurants there. You don't feel like you got to drive all the way across town like you used to. That's how much things have changed around here. Yeah, and you can go at all times, really, of day. You can go late night. You can go dinner. And, and you know, the thing is, is in El Paso, if there's a place that's busy, you just go a couple doors down yep. and you find another place that's just as good and not as busy. I watched Tiger Woods today. Um, on ESPN, and I got to tell you something. I, I thought Tiger was solid, man. That that birdie he had on 16 was just vintage, you know? Got him back down to one under, which is what he finished at. Didn't look like he was in too much pain from what I watched, and I'm excited, man. Tiger's back. He shot under par, and hopefully he's got a killer second round, makes the cut, and makes a run at this thing this weekend. Yeah, and you just hear the way he's talking about his own play after the, the match. He was not as satisfied as he would be shooting one under par but that's just the competitor tiger is he believes he can win it and man i'm rooting for him big time when tiger comes back i mean just over a year out out of that car accident uh that's just remarkable right there man it is and i know the leader right now i think im is at five under par and then you got a couple at four under and and, and so on and so forth but hey all tiger has to do is shoot um under par tomorrow and he's gonna be right there in the weekend and you know he's losing. Man, it's just, it's awesome. It's exactly what you want in golf. 
be in the mix. Be in the mix on Sunday, and it's all on the table for Tiger Woods. That's all I have to say. He goes from almost killing himself in a February car accident last year to being back with a bum leg, and somehow, some way, here he is at the Masters doing it again. It's unbelievable. And Augusta came out in the masses to watch Tiger Woods. They weren't watching anybody else today. They were just watching Tiger. So much fun. 46 years old. You got to love it. All right, when we come back, you're going to meet the Flores brothers. Some of you already know these two, but if not, we'll have it for you next. The Sports Talk continues. Excited. We've got the Flores brothers uh, here in our Lubingo studios. Now, a couple of months ago, we had the McNamara brothers in our Lubingo studios, and it was nice to meet Jake and Kyle for the first time. We enjoyed it. They had fun. You could tell they were confident in those two, but... The Flores brothers are El Pasoans. Like These are guys that are here at UTEP playing for the football team. They starred at Isleta not that long ago, and now they get a chance to play uh, you know, on the same team uh, with each other at the, with the UTEP minors, which is awesome. So uh, I'm excited to have uh, Ray and Lucas here uh, with us on the show right now. Gentlemen, welcome, both of you. Uh, how are things going? Going good. Feel great. Uh, just getting ready to finish up spring ball. Uh, yes, sir. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. First question, um, and, and Ray, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, who's the good-looking brother? Uh, that's easy. It's me, obviously. <laughs> okay, I, I hear that. Lucas, what do you think about that? Uh, I have to defer. You know, it's got to go with me. Okay, so uh, both of you both agree that you are the good-looking uh, brother. Do we have any more any more uh, kids in the family anymore? Uh, older sister and a younger sister. Oh, so two sisters. Two yes, sisters, sir. two brothers. Wild that's, house. That's an interesting situation. So yeah. you grew up with an older sister and a younger sister. Uh, did the older sister uh, beat you up a little bit as kids, or was uh, she pretty good to you? No, nah, most definitely. It was fights every single day. <laughs> I believe it. It's a loud house. Was yeah. it really? Yes, sir. Who, uh, who was able to get the best of each other most of the time, the oldest or, uh, or you? I think I'd be considered the bully of the house. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Set the tone. <laughs> I, I hear you. Uh, Lucas, did you have some pretty good fights uh, with, with Ray and, and everybody else over the years? Yeah, we had uh, plenty of them. Fried too many than we should have, but we had plenty of them. All right, good. Well, now the only fight you guys can have is on the football field, right? That's the way it should be. That's where it, that's where it's all about battling, competing, and hey, if things get a little bit, things get a little physical, uh, you know, take your frustrations out there on the field. Yes, yes sir. All right, so first and foremost, let's talk spring ball because the spring game is tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Minor fans are excited about that. Um, Lucas, I'll begin with you. Uh, I've heard you've had a very good spring. Tell me about uh, how camp's gone for you. Yes, sir, it's been uh, really good. I just uh, finally let all my uh, frustration, not frustration, but more like my uh, I got some confidence and mm. uh, worked on myself, stopped putting so much pressure on myself, just let it go. He, like he always mentored me, just let it go, let it go, just play, just play, do your thing. And that's what I've really done this spring, and so it's come to show forth. Now, as far as uh, your position, are you a lot like your older brother, or are you a little different in terms of uh, you know the positions you play? Because Ray does a little bit of everything. What about you? Uh, I would say I'm just more full-time receiver, but his play style is a lot different from mine. I'm more of like a sleek, I'm going to try to get away, he's going to try to run through you, mm-hmm. so in that way. Uh, Ray, you agree with that? Yeah, I think I'm a little more physical, just nature of playing running back. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty accurate. You know know what's interesting to me? So I watched you a running back from a couple of years ago when you first really started taking the field. And you were doing some really, really good things. And the problem was the depth chart because they were so deep at the running back spot. Mm -hmm. And they still are right now. There's no doubt. You guys are are pretty stacked. Mm -hmm. But then you started opening up as a receiver and realized, man, this is not just a quarterback, uh, a running back. This guy can do a little bit of everything. So has that always been kind of your motto in football, the jack of all trades? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in high school, it was I did play some slot, but for me, I was always, you know, running back, running back. That's who I am. That's who I am. And, you know, after that season, after like, I mean, two, three years ago, two years ago, uh, Coach D sat down with me and told me, you know, we need, we need, we need help. And, you know, I, I took it as a thing for myself. You know, I'm going to do anything to help this team. So, you know, stepping up, stepping up at receiver, I knew I could do it. I, you know, I think I have a really good hands. So I trust myself a lot. And I think I'm a heck of a player. So I think for me, it was just more just learning the plays. And, uh, you know, as it is, yeah, I think I've always did consider myself a jack of all trades. I always thought I had a, a little cannon of an arm. You know, I knew I could run routes, knew I could catch, and I think I also knew I could run the ball. So I think it just all came together this last season for sure. You put did, it on display. Did you ever uh, catch a lot of balls at Isleta, or was it mostly were you just a, a, a running back machine? No, nah, uh, especially you know my junior senior year was a lot of uh, they would throw me out wide and a lot of posts and corners for sure. Okay, so for you, it's not like this is your first go around as mm-hmm. a receiver. You've done you've done this before, going back to your high school days. Yeah, yes, sir. All right. Now, have you always realized uh, watching your brother Lucas that uh, he's had a chance to really carve out a nice role for him as a college football player, much like yourself? Yeah, you know, I I've always believed in him. You know, since we uh, first got there, you know, I think it, it was the same thing for me. It's just growing pains you have to go through. You know, it's a different level of game. It's it's tougher. Everyone's faster. Everyone's stronger. And you know, I think when he got there, he he didn't think he was you know good enough to be there. And I, I knew he was because I've seen him play. He's just like me. I think we have the we're you know this talent. We got the same genes. You know, so I think we're both uh, very talented. So, you know, like you said, just mentoring him and you know look where he is now. Like he's finally cracking out of his shell and proving to everybody. You know, he's just as good. As me, if not better, he's well, a heck of a player, and that's pretty, and, and that's a pretty strong words when you think about what you know Ray's been over to do over the years, Lucas, and, and how he's been able to really make a nice name for himself. And I'm that's sure right. that's that's tough because on one hand, you know you're playing in your brother's shadow because everybody knows the name and they know that you guys are, are, are tight. But on the flip side, you're also trying to show that uh, hey, you can make your own, you know, you can carve out your own legacy, your own uh, your your own career, and. And uh, that's that's something else entirely, right? Because as you get more and more comfortable, you'll realize that fans will remember. Um, they're going to remember Ray, but they're also going to remember Lucas as well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like uh, looking after him since high school, he's always been Ray, 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 and like that's the one of the biggest blessings in the family. Just watching him grow, and like now I want to do the same, make a name for myself as well. Like you said, and that's the plan. How competitive were you guys growing up? Very competitive. Everything was a fight. Really? I'm gonna be the first one to the dinner table. I'm gonna be the first one anywhere. Well, how about this? When you guys would take like uh, trips in the car and go to different towns, do you guys fight over which spot of the car you're getting in? Yeah, and, like, oh, yeah. And things like that. Too? Yeah, my parents. I mean, we still go on trips, but I think they hated. You know, I was getting yelled at, just always bickering and fighting. Uh, I had the same thing. Yeah. I had two younger brothers. Yeah, it was the same you know deal. what it is. Huh? Yeah. Did your dad ever just try to reach his hand behind the back of the car and try to swing and hit oh, one yeah. of you guys? Plenty while of you times. Doing... Plenty of times. So yeah, I, I know that. I know the feeling. I can I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, Adrian, you follow these to since their days at Isleta, which I think probably makes it especially sweet for you, seeing them both now have a chance to do some huge things together at UTEP. Yeah, it's really cool, and, and I got I got questions for both of you all. I guess, what is it like playing at Isleta? Because you've seen brothers play at UTEP before. They go from different high schools, but when it comes to Isleta, we don't uh, have as many players uh, go to the next level, and I think that's changing, and it's really changed over the past couple years as Isleta's really brought up their athletic department. I mean, what would you guys say it was like playing playing over there in high at high in high school you know I think for for me it was a dream come true you know all my families went there and you know my when my dad was in high school you know he did some good things and you know so as as a young kid growing up you know Friday nights seeing the lights on you know I always asked my dad to take me to the games because you know it was it was something I really really enjoyed and once I finally got there and you know finally starting carving out a name for myself you know it was probably you know the most special thing for me to go home 
at this point every day and, you know, see see where I came from, see what I did and, you know, see the little kids, you know, that recognize me and say hi to me. And, you know, it's it's special because, you know, I'm not, not, there's not a lot of Mexican, Hispanic kids that make it this far and make it to this level. So being being someone they can look up to and have a role model, you know, is something that I really took to heart and, you know, plan to take on for the rest of my life. Yes, sir. Like he said, yeah, that's really special place to play. Um, like he said, um, not many Hispanics make it this far and having all the kids look up to you and want to be like you, they always tell you, oh, I want to be just like you. Uh, thank you for everything you do. Like it, it really sets a special place for you and playing there alone was yeah. very surreal. Like yeah. the students go out. It's a very surreal experience. I, I don't think that stadium, I don't think, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I don't think that it gets nothing better than Hutchins Stadium, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yes, sir. Lucas, uh, you talk, we talked about your versatility running back uh, wide receiver, but could you play quarterback if, if you needed to? <laughs> you threw uh, you threw a lot of passes at, at the high school level. I remember your game against Bel Air. I was trying to remember which one it was. It was just that back and forth game. You threw for almost 400 yards, and uh, to go along with that, you also rushed for 72 and uh, also caught a couple passes for 22 receiving yards. <laughs> yeah, that game, our quarterback had gone down, so I've played uh, uh, QB before. Um, it's like uh, they said earlier, we're a uh, jack-of-all-trades, so that's uh, one thing to back it up. That game was a very surreal experience. <laughs> one, of, one of a great memory, for sure. Now, you talked about something really interesting, both of you, and that was that there aren't a lot of Hispanic players that can really do what they're doing at the D1 level, like what you, the two of you are having that opportunity. I go back and think, when you guys were kids mm. and you were little, um, Robert Rodriguez yeah. was one of those players yeah. that did that. Uh, started Montwood, came to UTEP uh, as a running back, and then morphed into a linebacker and ended up uh, playing in the NFL. And yeah. now he's coaching at ASU, and you look at what, how his career trajectory, what his arc has done, it's it's a real interesting note because you're right, there aren't too many. Not from El Paso. Mm-hmm. We saw the Perez brothers. We saw Rocky and, and Mike from San Antonio come here at quarterback yeah. and lead UTEP in the, uh, you know, really in the 80s and 90s. But for the most part, it has, you know, there, there's not a ton out there right now. Yeah, no, most definitely, you know, it's it's a rare breed and I think I think it's just, you know, sometimes kids see don't see don't see themselves a role model for them to look up to so they kind of feel like, oh, you know, if they there's no one out there that can do it, you know, I guess, you know, I just, I just can't do it cuz you know who I am and where I come from. So, you know, I think for us, you know, it's definitely something that I think is going to grow. I think you're going to see more and more as the years go on and you know, hopefully it becomes a norm. You think about Julio Lopez, another one that was able yeah. to do it. Um, you know, had a chance to play. I think it was Texas Tech first, then went to UTEP, and now has become one of the best uh, head coaches in yeah. high school football. And he was a receiver uh, just like you, Lucas. Yes, sir. Yeah, like he said, um, it's just rare to find, but hopefully we do see a lot more happening. And, yeah, Julio Lopez, the coach at Eastwood, he's a great coach, by the way. Um, yeah, like it's just – very different, and hopefully yeah. we start to see more of it. Uh, Will Hernandez, uh, we all know what he's doing right now with the Giants. Yeah. Came from Las Vegas, but you're right. Uh, you know, Hispanic football players are, are not as common as you'll find with others. So it makes that even more special. And the fact that you're from um, El Paso and Isleta is just icing on the cake. Yes, sir. So um, as far as uh, spring ball goes, you guys have been through this a couple of times, a couple of go rounds. Ray, I know you're just getting back on the field uh, from uh, the first few weeks. How has this spring been compared to prior springs? Oh, you know, I, I think right now it's, I think usually every spring before it's always been, you know, there's always a teaching segment in the beginning and then as the weeks go on, yeah, things start clicking. But, you know, I think since week one, you know, me, especially me being on the side and visually seeing everything, you know, I think we were just on point. Everything was like we just started two weeks after the season just ended. It's what it felt like. 
So, you know, the cl- everything was clicking. Offensive line looks good. Offense looked great. The quarterback and receivers looked good. Running backs were doing their thing. And then I think the defense as well was just looked just as good, didn't lose a step. So, you know, like this year especially, I think, you know, we looked great. Lucas, what about you? Uh, yes, sir. Like he said, everybody's clicking. It, it looks really good. It really does just look like we just came out of practice out of a – an 11-week season, everybody's just on point. They know everybody knows their their job. And even the new guys, like, they stepped in and took on the assignments, and everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I think what's also nice is, other than Jacob Cowing, the nucleus is still back, and that's yeah. the most important thing. Everybody's together. Uh, you've got a very deep wide receiving core, so uh, you'll be able to find uh, guys that will step up and, and have an opportunity to have big, big years, just like Jacob's had the last couple of years. Yeah. And ultimately, it's such a veteran team. You're probably the most veteran team in all of Conference USA right now, guys. Yeah, I know most definitely. You know, A lot of these guys, the guys that are, we're all playing together, I've known them since our freshman year, and we've all stick together, especially now, you know, with the transfer portal, you know, it's getting, you know, pretty hard to keep a team after a year. And I think especially this year, the team looks the same. And that's very special for us and unique because that's just going to give us another reason, you know, why to have such a great year because we're still together, still intact. The chemistry yeah. is on point. What about what about you, Lucas? Yeah, yes, sir. Like he said. By um, the way, it's, I, I feel bad that I'm always letting Ray start. <laughs> and then by the time I bring you on, you're like, oh, yeah, Steve, whatever he just said. That's exactly. <laughs> I, it's hard to add to that. So uh, next segment, no, I promise I'll let you go first. And then we'll give Ray the tough challenge of trying to f- add to what you're saying. But go ahead, Lucas. Uh, no, but just like he said, um, the guys that came in, uh, everybody's ready and just looks really good. All right, good answer. We'll, we'll, we'll make it a little. We'll make it a little easier for you next segment. I promise. More with uh, Lucas and Ray Flores and your phone calls. Hey, you want to get into the show? Five zero five six zero zero nine. That's five zero five six zero zero nine. As we head over to Charlie One, get this traffic update. Welcome back. Twenty one past the hour. Tomorrow is the spring game. Six o'clock. Things get going. Adrian's going to be broadcasting Sports Talk Live for us tomorrow. You got a lot of guests lined up, don't you? That's right. Voice of the Miners, John Teich will be joining us. Uh, UTEP head coach Dana Dimmel will join us. And then we'll also have the doc jock Sergio Alvarado from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine with nice. Ask a Doctor. That's Ask a Doctor. I love that. Get Dr. Alvarado back. That's going to be phenomenal. Uh, the garage sale is happening tomorrow. Have you guys heard about the garage sale? Yes, sir. Yes, I heard sir. it's a big thing. It yeah, is a big thing. There's a lot of goodies at the garage sale. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I saw these jerseys. They look yeah, great. That's what I heard, too. There's cleats. There's practice gear. It's all this stuff that people could never get at the bookstore. Now they're going to have an opportunity to get it here tomorrow morning. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's priced right. Have you guys ever done garage sales at the house? Yeah, yeah. All right. What's the best advice you can give people that are going to be heading over to the Sun Bowl tomorrow <laughs> for the garage sale? Uh for the people, I don't know. For the seller, just keep it cheap, man. No, no one wants right. to buy expensive stuff. It's got price it to move. <laughs> yes, sir. Price it. I agree with that. Price <laughs> it to move. Um, but for the for the people that are going, um, you know, I don't know if I ever t- I haven't told you guys this story, but we did a garage sale years ago, right? And we opened the garage door, and as the door started opening, I kid you not, people hit the deck <laughs> and started crawling <laughs> underneath the garage as it was opening up, so they That's could be crazy. first person in and get first shot at everything. Yeah, it's maybe uh, what they should do: just get there early. Yeah, be there early. Exactly. Get the first thing you want; otherwise, it's going to be gone. I hear you. All right, since you guys are both offensive players, let's talk about the UTEP offense for a second. Um, Ray, I'll begin with you. Very, very deep running back core. You lose Quadrez Wadley, but you get everybody else back right now. Yourself, Deion Hankins. Um, we're also uh, you know, kind of excited about the, the depth of the position because there's a lot of guys that have an opportunity to, uh, to make a name for themselves. And I still think that, what, the running back core is about, what, five, six deep? Yeah, 
It is six people. It's me, Dion, Ronnie, uh, Cartravian Walker, mm-hmm. Willie Aldridge, Jalen Joseph, and then also Mr. Chavez. Have you ever seen a deeper, better running back uh, group in your life than what you have right now? No, I think I think this is the most you know veteran, well you know equipped room we've ever had. Everyone has their own style of play, but it's all effective. You said Mr. Chavez. Yeah, Mr. Chavez. 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 Uh, that's the great. His first name is Mister. Yeah, Mister. That is awesome. He's you gotta, you gotta yeah. love that. <laughs> what do you call him? You call him Mister? Yeah, I just call him Mister. Oh, that that that's good. Um, I'm a Willie Eldridge fan. I think the uh, the hardest part about Willie is again, there's 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 only so many carries. But the one thing about UTEP is you don't need to have that one guy that can run the ball every carry. We know what Awat can do. We know what you can do. We also uh, know what um, Dion can do. And we've seen bursts of Willie that we know what he's capable of. And you guys have the ability to either share the ball every game or if one person gets hot, keep running with it and go from there. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's also, you know, you got to know what your niche is, you know, what you can do, what you bring to the table. So, you know, I think I think everyone's going to get their fair share of touches and, you know, play their role. But, you know, I think that's what makes us special. You know, you don't know what you're going to get when each one of us is in. And you also never can have enough running backs because injuries do happen. And when they do, you got to have everybody ready to step up and have next man up mentality, right? Yep, exactly. The wheels always fall off eventually, so you always got to have the next man up. Exactly. What's injury situations been like for you during your career? For the most part, have you been able to stay healthy? Uh, yeah, I think for me, you know, thank God. I think if anything, it's just been ankles. You know, rolling an ankle, sprains. Uh, other than that, you know, thank God I've been I've been pretty healthy. I can attest to that. Yeah. How's Gavin look this spring? Good. You know, his arms looks his arm looks good. I think he's getting he's already a lot comfortable with the system. So I, I don't think that's a problem. So I think now for him it's just elevating his game. You know, getting better reading the defenses. But I think he's already there. He looks really good. And I think so does Calvin. Calvin looks just as good too. He's, both of their balls are good. Nice touch and everything they do. And you know, I think they're. It's just a good competition. We've seen them this whole spring. Nice. Which takes me to Lucas because um, you're working with all the quarterbacks right now. So uh, you tell me as far as uh, guys that that you've been catching most footballs from this spring, who have been the quarterbacks that you've been working out with the most? Uh, I've worked out with all of them. Actually, Gavin, uh, Calvin, Kevin, Kevin Hurley, um, Zach Rodriguez, uh, Jake McNamara. Young guy, but he's... uh, Learning the playbook, he's getting there, he's going to be really good. Spins a nice ball? Yes, sir, absolutely. How about Kevin Hurley? I've heard a lot of good things about him since he was brought into the program a year ago. How have you seen Kevin Hurley grow since uh, he first arrived? He's grown a lot. He's understanding the system a lot more now. It's it's one thing about college football, you got to be there for a little bit to understand and fully understand the system. And He's growing as a cannon for an arm. He's getting there. Yes, sir. Now, I know what Gavin can do. I think I know what Calvin can do because I watched him against North Texas. Mm-hmm. But he's the master of the Wildcat. Yeah. Every time poor Calvin comes in, <laughs> we know exactly what's going to happen with that play. Do you think in 2022 we could see more variation that it's not always going to be a run play even when Calvin comes in the Wildcat? Uh, yeah, yes, sir. That's possible. There's always that uh, possibility he's a quarterback. So he's always has a chance to spin the ball, you know? So it's just a matter of what coach calls. Ray, you understand why I'm frustrated, right? Because I know a Cal. I have a feeling that Calvin could be a pretty good quarterback, but it's tough because he's the he's the wildcat guy. It's almost like you got to have one quarterback on in the room who's your wildcat guy. That when you're going to give him the ball nine times out of ten, he's going to go ahead and run. But then there's that one time where you could have a throw like the bowl game, and look what ends up happening there. Yeah, you know, Calvin. Calvin's a heck of a quarterback. You know, he could do it all, and he is he is our guy. But I think the biggest thing for him is the guy could take a hit. 
So, you know, I think him as a Wildcat, it's, point. it's the perfect role for him. But I think, yeah, I think he's a hell of a quarterback. He throws the ball really well, knows the deep offense really well. So, like Luca said, I think, you know, it, of course, it's just whatever coach calls. But, you know, I think anytime he's in, you always got to be ready for, you know, a fake Wildcat throw because Calvin brings that to the table. By the way, um, I give Calvin a lot of credit, too, because some quarterbacks would have transferred years ago and said, you know what, I want to play, I want to start, I want to have an opportunity to throw the ball someplace. He stuck around, and that really means something because it shows you his commitment to the program, the team, and realizing that even if this is not the role he was originally thinking he would have, he's still very much committed to the program because, remember, you know, you're, you're, you're one hit away from suddenly being thrown right into the mix. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh it, it it attests to who he is, you know. I, he's one of my best friends, and you know, I, he truly loves the program, loves the school, and will literally die on the field for this team. And you can see it; you've seen it in the games. You know, he truly, you know, puts his body on the line every week for the team. How much does it mean for the two of you guys to be El Pasoans playing for your home school that you grew up watching? Lucas, I'll start with you on this one because Ray's going to steal your thunder, <laughs> I was about to talk. and that would be and that'd be the end of that'd be the end of Lucas's answer. So, Ray, you're going to have to take notes from your little brother and then go from there. All right, Lucas, what would it mean to you, and what does it mean to you to be wearing the orange and blue and and being a minor since you're from El Paso? You know, that's a very surreal experience. My parents have always brought us to these games for as long as I can remember. I remember seeing Jordan Palmer and Trevor Vidato. Some of my favorites growing up, but coming here and like playing, it's a very surreal experience. My parents have always brought us and showed us the ropes, how, why we're a football family, and it's very surreal. Is it cool also meeting little kids that were like you when you were growing up watching Jordan and playing and, and kind of seeing that next generation of minor fans that could someday be doing this same interview in 10 or 15 years, talking about how they, they grew up with uh, the Flores brothers and now they're doing it themselves? Yes, sir, absolutely. That's... You always want to help the little kids out, especially the little kids, because you don't know what the future holds for them. You just always want to be a positive role model for them, for sure. All right, Ray, your turn. Yeah, you know, exactly what Luca said. But, uh, you know, it's always been a dream for me. You know, like he said, we came every weekend, every Saturday in the fall, we were there in the Sun Bowl cheering the minors. You know, I bleed orange and blue. I've cried when I was younger countless of times because we've lost, and all I wanted to do was win. So, you know, being on that field, it's, it's so special for me. And, you know, I think, you know, this season, like I told you earlier, you know, would be the year to win a ring. This is the year we're going to get the ring. You know what I mean? If there's a year that the team looks the best, it's this year. So, you know, for me, you know, to do that for the city would mean the world for me just because, you know, I've always wanted it so bad. Is it Lucas or Luca? Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> Everyone says Lucas, but it, I mean, I call him Lucas, so it's Lucas. Yeah, I mean, it's it's but fine. Yeah, but do you call him? Do you call him Luca or yeah. do you call him Lucas? I Lucas. have a habit of just saying Luca without the S. Luca. All right. What do you prefer? I, I'm, I really don't care because I've been called so many things growing up. So it's just like, there all right. Go. What's your nickname uh, on the football field? What do they call you? They just call me by my name, Lucas. Lucas. Or okay. they'll call me Lucas. It doesn't matter. All right. I'll call you Lucas for the rest of the interview. I appreciate right. that. Thank you. Uh, Adrian, I know you got more questions, but let's get through Sports Center and then we'll come back. Adrian will throw some more uh, questions. And if you guys want to get into the show and have questions for uh, both Lucas and also uh, Ray Flores, hey, 505 6009. That's our telephone number as Sports Talk continues. On 33 past right now as we continue here with uh, Ray and Lucas uh, Flores, uh, the Flores brothers here on the program. Adrian, you've got questions. Uh, they've got answers. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and uh, and toss a few out? Hey, what would you guys say was the uh, highlight of last year? There was a lot of uh, big points last year and what we saw from the season. But for personal, just personally for you guys, what was what was the best moments? Uh, the best, I think, best moment I think was getting the sixth one when we beat La Tech. That was just special. 
it was you know the crowd was good it was wild and you know that that for me that was that was my favorite moment of the season all right um yeah like he said the six win but also watching him play and grow into his role it was very surreal for me it was very special for me and my family that's was that that La Tech game, uh, Ray, where you just you had like uh, you had a lot of catches, also some good rushing yards, and that was kind of your come out party for the first time, where everybody saw what you could really do on the field. Am I am I wrong on that? Yeah, no, I think I think you're, that was a Southern Miss game. That was uh, when we we're playing at Southern Miss because that was yeah that was the game I had the most catches that I had, and then had a few carries, and it was my uh, my best game of the season. And yeah, I think that was uh, breaking the ice for me finally. Lucas, I uh, want to ask you about the wide receiver group because I know that they lost. I mean, I know you guys lost uh, Justin Garrett, Jacob Cowing, but I know that there have been some really good under the radar guys who have pretty much emerged with you all. Uh, what, how would you how would you rate some of the newcomers on this team? Yes, sir. Like I said earlier, they're all really learning the playbook, and all the guys that came back, we all know like our system. So it's it's really good to see everybody knows their plays. Everybody everybody brings something different to the table and. That's just a matter of the fans seeing what we have. We know we're a special group, a really special group, and we're really deep. So it's just a matter of uh, showing the fans what we have. Who do you think are going to be the names that people don't maybe not know right now, but are going to be names to, to remember here in 2022? Well, most people know uh, like Tyron Smith, the returner, you know, my brother. Um, Never heard of him. <laughs> All right, keep going. Also, maybe like Josh Farr, he's growing into his role. Um, Kelly, uh, it's hard to see his last name. What do you just call him, Kelly? Yeah. Okay, that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, right. Kelly. Um, uh, Kyle, for sure. Um, uh, Mike Malowitz. Just a bunch of guys. The whole team. Oh, uh, Malowitz is still on the team. Yeah. Former hockey player turned football player. I like that. Yeah, he's a good player. Mike is. I, listen, I, I, when I, when, I, when they recruited him, I was excited because I think that sometimes you hear guys' names and it takes three or four years before they really have a chance to start and, and become a football player on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love Mike. He's a heck of a player, tough guy. Nice. Um, they've been building now for what this. I think is the fifth year for Dana Dimmel. You tell me, guys. Do you feel right now like there is a system in place where you said this is the year? But do you feel like this program is at a point where? Every year, UTEP is going to have a chance to start contending for a Conference USA title. Yes, most definitely. I think it's not rebuilding. I think we're built. And I think now it's just going to be maintained. And I think you're going to see consistency year out of year. Because, you know, Coach Coach D's system's there. We know what it is. We know what it's going to take. So, you know, I think us older guys, you know, we have already set the tone for the younger guys. So I think as the generations go through, I think, uh, I think now we're rebuilt, I'd say. I like that. I like the fact that you say that you know there's not going to be a drop off. That there's so much in the cupboard right now that it's never going to be left bare. Some teams build to a great year. They have a massive drop off. They start you know going back to three, four, five wins, and they yeah. build themselves back up again. Uh-huh. You believe that UTEP is at a point where it will start to really maintain this year after year? Yeah, I think so. I truly think so. All right. What yes, about sir. you, Lucas? Yes, sir. Absolutely. What he said. Uh, the foundation that has already been placed. It's been placed. Since the 2020 season, it was placed, and we're just building off that. And I think once we get to the point we want to be, we'll stay there, stay consistent. Fans love to hear that. Or, yes, wouldn't it be great? Now, listen, you guys grew up here with, with Palmer and, and, and Price. So you know what it's like when there's 40,000-plus in the stadium. I mean, I feel bad for the players because, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the guys you guys are playing with, they've never seen that before. Yeah. So, you know, when you were growing up and going to the Sun Bowl, there was a time when UTEP was averaging 45,000 football fans a game. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, what I, would, what I would do to get a crowd like that, you know, I, and I try to tell the guys, you know, you should have seen when I was younger, man. The place was always packed. 
And, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day about that because I didn't know. I mean, you say I know the average was 40,000 plus when uh, Coach Price is there. So mm-hmm. as a young kid, I didn't realize that. I, th- I thought it was a good amount of fans, but I never thought it was that many. But, you know, sh- what I would do for that, you know, I, I hope this season the fans start coming out to see it because it's going to be a big year. And I hope, you know, they come and support because, you know, it really helps. If uh, if we get a sellout at some point this season, um, will you go streaking uh, <laughs> down North Mesa in celebration? I, I might have to. I might have to if we, if we get a sellout for sure. <laughs> you ever seen uh, Old School? Uh, Frank no. the Tank, Will Ferrell. Oh you yeah, when he goes when he goes. Yeah, yeah I think uh, yeah, okay, I think so. Uh, that's, uh, uh, that, that could be the bet. So if UTEP sells out a football <laughs> game this year, Ray Flores will go streaking <laughs> down North Mesa. What do you think, Adrian? You like that? I think this is a, a good one. We should throw it on a Twitter poll or something. Well, just, he did say like he did say he would this. do anything for uh, you know for a chance to get a sellout crowd. <laughs> yeah. So you know maybe, maybe we get that's Ray go streaking. That'll be that'll be good. All right, I, I like that. And uh, don't worry, Lucas, you don't have to go with him. He can do it by himself. <laughs> I just um, him. There you go. Uh, before we wrap things up with you guys, so we've spent all this time talking about the def- the offense, the coaching staff, everything. We haven't talked defense one bit. Now, you guys are practicing against the defense day in, day out. I loved the defense last year and the year before. I feel like the defense is almost is all back right now. How good is this UTEP defense going to be this season? They look really good. Everybody's gelling. Uh, there's no drop-off whatsoever. In practice, you know, it's always hard. It's always going to be competitive. You're always going to... Sometimes we're not always on the good terms, but we're always going to compete against each other. And going up against them, it really gets us a lot better. They're a great group. Yeah, no, I think just uh, same thing as he said. But, you know, I think they've been together for a long time. You know, we got Praise, JT, Camo, um, Kelton. You know, those are all older guys that, you know, played their role and done their done their stuff. And Breon, T-Knight, uh, JP, you know, and our DBs. You know, we got a lot of young DBs, but, you know, I think they've already, Coach Wade, you know, has already set the tone with them. So I think they've already, you know, got got and know what it takes, you know, especially at practice. You know, the practices get pretty heated yeah. and they get pretty intense. But, you know, I think they look really good. I think this is the best they've looked since I've been there. Wow. Now, we already know Praise and Jadrian like to refer to themselves as shake and bake. <laughs> so uh, do, do anybody on the offense uh, have nicknames like that, like duos that, you know, if it's shake and bake on defense, do we have any nicknames already for the offense? Uh, no, I, I I haven't heard any at least. But uh, what about you? Lucas? No, I haven't heard any. <laughs> I would be funny though, but I haven't heard any. All right, final question uh, for those listening and, and, and ready to go out tomorrow because you got the garage sale at uh, ten a.m. and then the spring game at right, you know six o'clock when things get going. What's the best advice you would give all the El Pasoans listening right now as far as uh, UTEP football in twenty twenty two? You know, best. You talking like for the young kids? What's your message to the fans? Message to the fans for UTEP football in 2022. We need you guys. Every single game, we need you guys there. You guys play a huge role. We feed off you guys. We love the support. We need the support. Get there. 2022 season is going to be the best season we've ever had. Uh, yes, sir. Like he said, just we need the support. Everybody rally up and come make it like the Mike Price era, 40,000 fans. That would be surreal. Would if be we surreal. can do that, that would be amazing. All right, listen, uh, Flores Squared, great to see you both here. Thank you guys for being here. Come back and see us again. Yes, sir, we will. Uh, wish you guys nothing but the best uh, this year and in the future, and appreciate you guys being here today. Yes, sir, thank, thank you, you so for having much. us. Awesome. Appreciate you guys being here as well. We'll come back, wrap it up next with Tim Haggerty and Chihuahuas Baseball, 600 ESPN El Paso.